As you can see, this is about consistent community. Now, I will be very honest with you and very frank with you this morning. Um, I would not have chosen this topic for me. Pastor Ryan, in his great wisdom, chose it for me. But because it would be much easier to speak about worship or serving or prayer, giving, that's the senior pastor's job, so he did a great job. How many heard the message last week from Pastor Ryan? All right. If you weren't convicted by the Holy Spirit to that message, then you have a heart of stone. Seriously, because he preached the word in such a way that was not offensive. In fact, Jordan and I came to the conclusion on a couple of things that he said that we need to reevaluate and set a mile marker in, the, in our path. But we, we need to understand that. So, but then he said, um, it's about consistent community for me. Well, this is what it looks like, and this is where we're at in the process. And you can see we have next week is organic outreach, and so Pastor Ryan's going to be speaking about that. But consistent community, and here's why I say I really didn't want this word, this one, because it has the word consistent in it. I don't like that word. The only thing I'm really consistent with is this. I love chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, see? So, because they have taught so well at that, and now I look at consistent community and realize, man, Lord, what, what am I going to do here? And I know for some of you, you're, you're looking at this series and goes, you know what? I know all this stuff. I, I get it. I, I, I've been through this. I've been involved with Peace Church, or I've been a follower of Christ for many years. But this is like going back to the basics and getting affirmed again in what you believe and how you should live. Okay? It's kind of like the story that's been told about Vince Lombardi, who used to be the former coach of the Green Bay Packers. Anybody heard of him? All the guys? Okay, good. All right. So anyway, their team was losing at one point. At halftime, he brought them into the locker room, and he said to them, gentlemen, this is a football. Because they need to be reminded of the basics of what they were doing. For us here today, we need to be reminded again, and never hurts to be reminded again of the things that make us followers of Christ. So we are going to be looking at this series with, with open hearts, with hearts that are thinking, what is it, God, that you want me to do with this, and where do you want me to go? And here's what our prayer is. Here, this is honestly what our prayer is, that you would get it, that you would take it, that you would live it, and that you would share it. Because if we just give it and you don't take it, then it doesn't matter, does it? And if we give it and you take it, but then you don't live it, we've lost part of the process. But if we can give it and take it, and then you live it, and then you get to what? Share it. Very good. Some of you can read today. We're doing really good. So if you can share it, and it's not only sharing, listen, it's not only sharing with those who are fellow believers, it's sharing with those that God brings across your path on a regular basis. That's what we need to do. So there's a lot of truth that's going to come out here today and last week, and so I want you to understand that. So consistency and consistent community. What does consistent mean? It means unchanging, act of doing something in the same way all the time. Let me just give you the main thought for today, can I? 
Consistent community is a deliberate and intentional mindset with those people God has placed in your life, your home, neighbors, church, and the world. And you know what's key for this? It is intentional and deliberate. Intentional and deliberate. It's what we need to do with our lives. It's how we need to live. About four years ago, the word that I chose for the year was intentional. That I was going to try to do everything in my life with specific intention, not only to glorify God, but to help raise my boys, although they're all grown right now, and, you know, my grandkids. Oh, by the way, I have three great-grandkids. They are the best thing in the world. Oh, my. I, I thought grandkids were good. Great grandkids are like, oh, my. This is even better. But it's a consistent, deliberate, intentional act on our part. And so I want you to, to um, turn in, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. It's in the Bibles that we have here. It's on page 1146. And here's what I'd like you to do. We're going to do it just a little bit different today. I want you to watch the screen and see, well, just hear the word. Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Would you By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Let's pray together. Father, your word is truth. Your word brings life. Your word convicts. Your word shows us where we need to go and how we need to live. And your word is what you have given us today to look at together as a church family. And so I pray, Father, that you would help us to understand this passage. I pray that even though we've heard it many times before, that something new would come from it, something that, that you would reveal to the hearts of each one of us, something that would change our lives, something that would help us understand a little bit more what it means to follow Jesus. And so, Father, today, we ask you to open our hearts, open our minds, Lord, may the words that I say bring honor and glory to you. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a watershed passage. There is no doubt that this passage of Scripture, you all know, but it's a watershed when it comes to us as a follower of Christ. It teaches how the world will know if we are followers of, of Christ, if we love each other 
well. That is the heart of consistent community. It answers the what question. What is it? It's a, a new commandment. So let's break this verse, these verses down this morning and see what we can learn. But before we do that, I need you to understand something. As we go back and look at verse 31, we, we see the essence of the story that Judas just betrayed Jesus and then left. And, and I, you know, aren't you always curious, like 30 pieces of silver, what would that be worth in today's economy? Many authors have said this would be worth 12 to $15,000 for his betrayal of Jesus, which made me think for a little bit, what am I doing to betray Jesus? What are the things in my life that I'm looking at or want or want to be involved with or buying or selling or whatever that really betrays the cross of Christ? Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's something else in our lives that, that really shows that we're really not committed to Christ and, and at, the, at the drop of a hat, we would say, you know what? I'm gonna go this way instead. God didn't do the things that he was supposed to do in my life. My life was supposed to be easy. I wasn't supposed to have any struggles. I wasn't supposed to get sick. I wasn't supposed to, you name it. We, we went through a terrible time six years ago. Our oldest grandson at that point was 20, driving home from work, was hit head on and killed at 20 years old. Darkest day in our lives, bar none. But what was hard was watching my son and his bride have to deal with this. And here's what she said. She said, we are not going to blame God for this. And that set the tone for all of us as we're, we were dealing with that loss. We deal with it. It's coming up September 1st. We deal with it every year, just a reminder. For some of you, you have gone through something tragic and you're here today and maybe you're back here today for the very first time and going like, you know what, I gotta try this again because God was real and then something happened and I gotta, I gotta come back to Christ. Listen, can I tell you that he will gladly accept you back with open arms. But in this passage, we begin to look and see the what of all this, we see that he also said to those disciples, he called them little children. It was a term of endearment. It wasn't a demeaning term by any means, but it was a term that said, I want you to understand how valuable you are. I met a young lady this morning. In fact, I don't think I even met her, but she has a two-month-old baby. And as sweet as can be. And you look at it and go like, oh, my word. How tender and precious are that. I, I want to be called by my Savior a little child. I, I want to have that context that, no, my Father loves me that much that he will call me little children. You have to understand these were fishermen. These were these men who, who were going like crazy and trying to please a Savior. 
But it's not a new commandment when he said in verse 34, he says, a new commandment I've given you. It's not a new one because in Leviticus number, chapter 19, verse 18, we already knew, they already knew that they were supposed to love their neighbor. But to love others now as Christ loved them was revolutionary. The Ten Commandments wasn't a new commandment. They were all given for a purpose, four to, to be in our relationship with God and six that relate to our relationship with other people. We understand what it means to love and all those other things, but commandment was new in other ways. And let me just read what one author said. He said, it was new because the Holy Spirit would empower believers to obey it was new that it was superior to the old. The old said, love your neighbor, but the new said, love your, you love your enemies. It was new in clarity. It was new in, enforced by new motives and obligations. It was illustrated by a new example, and it was obeyed in a new way. The writer of 1 John, who was John, said this. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is what? Love. Okay. Now, I, wanna, I, I am thoroughly convinced that when I read this, and I learned this as a song. Anybody learn it as a song when you were growing up? Yes, there you go. I won't sing it today, and you're glad I'm not. But this shows me today that the, the only way that I can fully love is if I have accepted God's full love. The only way that I can love my bride of 48 years is if I love God and, has, and have accepted his love. See, I think we have a form of love, but it's not really the unconditional love. I think we, we think that we really love and we will, will kind of play it out, but the reality is when things become difficult, when things are supercharged in a negative way in your family, that you can really say, you know what, I love you. If my bride were here today, she would agree with me that there were three times in our marriage that we almost didn't make it. I'm not proud of that, but it's only by God's grace and God's love that got us through that to be 48 years married. But until we understand what God has done for us, we will never be able to love adequately or correctly. See, I don't know very many of you here this morning, but what I do know is that in order for you to love correctly and the way that God wants, you need to have a relationship with God. You need to trust him as Lord and Savior, that Jesus died for you and that you were a sinner and needed a Savior, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day to give us the power of the resurrected life, the power to live life. And if you have not accepted that today, oh, Please, come and talk to me. Come and talk to Pastor Ryan or someone because we would love for you to know what love truly is all about. 
It's an unconditional love with, with no strings attached. And then later on in that book, the writer of John, 1 John says this, love is not just words, it's about deeds. Have, ever, have you ever said to someone, I love you, and they have not responded back with, I love you too? That's a terrible place to be. It's a difficult place to be. But we have to understand that the whole purpose now, which answers the how question, is this. How do we do it? By loving one another. That's how we do it. Loving one another. Just by loving one another. An unconditional part of our lives. If we were able to see all of the video... You would have seen at some point when Jesus made that announcement to love one another that the disciples reached over and grabbed the other disciples' hands. It was an incredible picture. I'm thinking, here are these guys, James and John and Peter, and these are these, these tough guys, and they're reaching out and, and grabbing someone's hand. Not too proud to, but willing to say, I will do whatever it takes to walk with you through this time. And you know, that's what community is all about. God demonstrates community through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We understand that. But I think sometimes we feel this way, that we're much better off alone. How many, I won't ask you, because that would be a very unfair question, wouldn't it? I loved being alone when I was growing up. Do you know why? I have five sisters. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you. So I would, I would have my spot. Early in the morning, I, I would get up and I would either go out and sit in front of the telephone pole in front of our house, I know it sounds really ridiculous, but, or I would go in my room and there was a cedar panel that pulled away and I could go in there, close the cedar panel. I had a fan in there, I had a light in there. They didn't even know I was there, they didn't know I was up, but I loved being alone. But see, God didn't make us to be alone, did he? He made us as a community of people needing each other. In fact, back in 1966, one of my favorite groups at that time, yes, I was born then. Will, you were not born then. In 1966, this group by the name of Simon and Garfunkel. Anybody ever hear of them? Oh, oh, good. This is the right group. All right, good, good. They, they, uh, they did a song, and um, I want you to listen to some of the words of this song. Do you know how it ends? It ends with these words. A rock feels no pain, and an island never cries. If we don't love one another, we won't feel pain, and we won't cry. But we are meant to cry. We are meant to feel pain. We are meant to have each other. The reality is I need you and you need me in your life to live the, Christ, the life that Christ wants us to live. We need to be intentional and deliberate 
in our relationships. Consistent, intentional, deliberate. I just mentioned my five sisters. I also have one brother. And we just got together recently to celebrate my sister just two years below me recently passed away on Father's Day, and we did a memorial service for her. And we were reminiscing during that time, and it was a great time to be together, um, but the guys never got a word in edgewise. Um, but other than that, it was a great time to be together. And so we were talking about different things, like for the nine of us in our house, my parents included, we had one bathroom. Okay? Well, my sisters took a long time in the bathroom. And it's like, okay. But the point of this is this, that they live all across the country, and I am not good about having deliberate, consistent conversations with them. They would be there at the drop of a hat if something happened to me. But for me to be consistent enough to call and say, hey, Sherry, how you doing? Hey, Marsha, what's going on? Hey, Holly, how, you, how are things going? Kathy, what's going on? Mark, how you doing? For me to do, I don't do it. And I'm embarrassed because of that. So we all made, kind of made a commitment to one another that we were going to be better about having these conversations with one another. Do you know what I realize? That it's kind of the same way in the church. It's kind of the same way here. I've, I've come to realize that, that churches are not all different because we're made up of all different kinds of people and, and no matter what church we're involved with. But I realize that it takes time and energy to love a person. Our choice to love, we choose to love, we are commanded to love our neighbors and even now our enemies, those people that God has placed in our lives that we don't agree with, that we don't like, that we would never have a relationship with them at all, but it's who God has placed in our lives. Those people in your neighborhood, maybe it's your next door neighbor, maybe it's the person across the street. How about the person that cuts you off while you're waiting in line at Walmart? Or the cash register person who talks so much to the person in front of you that you're wishing, well, I can't say that. <laughs> you're wishing you would have chosen another line. But God places those people in our lives on purpose. It is never a mistake the people that God brings across our path. It's never a mistake. There's no such thing as, as coincidence in the life of a follower of Christ. It is on purpose that God has placed people in our lives. It is on purpose that you are here today. This is a wonderful place to be. It's a great place to be, and it's how, right now, it answers the why question, why do we love one another? So that the world will know that we are his disciples. That's how we demonstrate all people will know that we are followers of Christ not by going to church, not by talking about church, not by giving to church, not by working in the church, not by wearing a cross on our neck or even wearing a Christian T-shirt. Those are all good things. But the way they're going to realize that I want to be part of something is because we love one another, that we walk close with one another. 
I'm going to guess this morning that a lot of you don't know some of the other people here. I mean, let's be honest. This is a large church. And I love the rich heritage that is here. The legacy that every family brings. But can I challenge you today, as you go out from this service, that you would just meet someone new. And I know, I know, you're going like this, well, PB, I'm, I'm really shy. I'm, I'm really shy. I can't. I can't do that. So let me help you. I'll give you a, a little bit of a visual illustration this morning, if I can. <clears throat> this is how you can do it. Good morning. I'm PB. Uh, good and you morning. are? I'm Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Nice to meet you. And how long have you been coming to Peace? Uh, a couple of years. A couple of years now. Well, that's awesome. And are you involved with any ministry? Uh, I am going to a class after this service. Oh, so. going to class after this service. So, yeah, good. Yeah. Well, good. Very nice, nice to you. meet you. Yep. And this is your bride? Thank you. Debbie. Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Nice to meet you. Nice Very good. Thank you. So, listen. Pretty easy, right? I'm sorry. Did this die on me? <laughs> Pretty easy, right? Okay. So listen, you're, what I, and I'm, I'm only speculating here. Let's be honest this morning. I'm only speculating that a lot of times when you talk to other people, it's the same people you talk to every week. Okay? Same people. Oh, how are you? I haven't seen you since last Sunday. It's so good. How about talking to someone new today and f- making them feel welcome? How about demonstrating that love that you have from God to be able to demonstrate to them and say, and make them feel welcome? I think you'll be surprised at how many people are here for the very first time. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I think you'd be surprised. And who are waiting for someone to genuinely show love for them. We are a community that comes together, we need to be consistent, we need to show that love to one another, we need to be able to understand that there's needs, and so let me me just close it this way. Let's just be practical. Okay, if that wasn't practical enough, let me make it a little bit more practical. We know this, that community is a longing of every heart. We really need each other. You, You have come to Peace Church on purpose. You've come here for a reason, to know the Word of God, to live the Word of God, to take the Word of God, and to share the Word of God. And so now it becomes that that earmark of the why to demonstrate it to those who are here. When we model community, lost people will be drawn to the church. Christian homes, clusters of believers who love each other. So not only here as a church, but can I encourage you to make your, your home a place that's a lighthouse? We're only here in church maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half, maybe a little bit longer, whatever, you're, if you're serving. But, but in your neighborhoods every single day. And we have a tendency to be insulated and isolated from other people. I love coming home opening my garage door with a button as I'm a half a block away, let it go up, drive my car and shut my garage door and then go in the house for the rest of the night and don't have to talk to anybody. (laughs) It's not the way God intended it. 
It's not the way God wanted it to be. He wanted me to say, listen, I, I want to have a relationship with them. I think, I think we're missing the boat, church, when we don't use our home as a lighthouse to reach our neighbors. And it doesn't mean that they have to come to Peace Church. Listen, it needs to be that they come to know Jesus. Amen? That's it. They need to know Jesus. And the only way they're going to know it, it's said in the passage, was if we show love to one another. We can reveal the presence of Jesus in our home, in our lives. But you know how else we can do it? You can do it by being involved in a community group. What a great opportunity. There are over 60 community groups that the church has right now, between 350 and 400 people that are involved, and we want more. That's, that's only a fraction of the amount of people. For you to get involved in a community group would be incredible. And it's, it's where you can fit it into your schedule. It doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, maybe, maybe once a month or whatever. But finding a place that you can build community with. I know Rachel would love you to sign up for a community group. I know Pastor Ryan would and Pastor John and PB and Pastor Daryl and Pastor Nate. All of us would love it. Why? Because in a community group, we get to demonstrate grace. We get to demonstrate relationships. We get to demonstrate the attitude of love and caring and even walking next to them and encouraging them. I know you're saying, I, I really don't know that many people. What a great opportunity to get to know more people. What a great opportunity to get to know them. Love is not just words. It's not just the three words, I love you. It's more like 3,000 actions expressed in love. It's about doing it in such a way. Beloved, let us love one another. This is a new commandment that I've given you. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. And by this they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So here, Consistent community is a deliberate and intentional mindset with those people whom God has placed in your life, your home, your neighbors, your church, and the world. And can I ask you today to say, God, who is it do you want me to have an intentional and deliberate relationship with today? And then secondly, Meet someone new today. I just have two new friends. Meet someone new today. Would love to hear from you. Who would love to shake your hand. Who would love to know that there are other people who are concerned about them. Let's pray together. And Father, this morning we are so grateful. So grateful this morning, Lord, that, that we can love you 
that you can love us, that we can take the Word of God in such a way that, that will help us understand. And we've heard this before, and Lord, I, I pray that what I've said has helped communicate really what it is all about. It's new to us and that we can love because you loved us. You showed your love through us, through your Son, Jesus Christ. What an incredible gift for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, Father, we want to be a church that expresses that love, not only to each other. Father, not, not just in this group and that we would say this is just about us and no one else. It's about all those that come to be part of Peace Church, but it's also about those that, that we can reach in our community. Lord, help us to stretch our wings a little bit. Help us to learn to, to love in ways that go beyond what we could even imagine. And Father, help us to love as you have loved. An unconditional, unpredictable kind of love. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.